Welcome to the Future Print Podcast, celebrating print technology and the people behind it. Well, hi there. Welcome to this week's podcast from Future Print. But actually, this one is going to be a little bit more focused on sustainability. So it's probably one of our eco print podcasts. And I'm very pleased to welcome, uh, I, I classify you as a friend now, actually, Guy. Thank you. Yeah, Guy Newcomb, Archipelago Technology. We've known each other quite a long time. Um, he's always very popular at our conferences. Guy, welcome to you. Well, thank you, Fraser. Great to be here. Well, thank you very much um, for giving us your time because we're going to touch on a couple of things, uh, particularly focused around your story around paper, not plastic. And we'll touch on that. Um, but I want to take you back, as I just said jokingly, you're always very popular at our, our conferences um, when you do your presentations. So for anyone who doesn't know Archipelago Technology, just give us a quick insight into who you are and what you do. Certainly. So we started Archipelago 10 years ago. Uh, we're very much part of the Cambridge inkjet community. We're part of the world inkjet community. Uh, and uh, we've, we've really grown up as inkjet has grown up. Uh, Inkjet has been with us for about 30 years, and we feel that we're very much part of that. When we started Archipelago, we wanted to create the next big thing in Inkjet. Uh, there was a lot of interest when we started in making very small drops. Some well-known companies were spending a lot of money making small drops, uh, and we thought it'd be interesting to go in the other direction, to make big drops. <laughs> and we, um, we went out, we talked to some people, and we said, uh, what would you like to do in a very open way? And uh, it's very interesting. They came back with the two requests, mm -hmm. which, as my talk progresses, I'll explain, have, have to some extent merged. But huge interest in jetting adhesive. Can mm -hmm. you jet adhesive? And huge interest in replacing uh, spray coating. People like to spray things, um, but, um, but it's very wasteful. So yeah. can we do spray coating uh, without waste? And so... We created, we didn't start off the PowerDrop technology, we created PowerDrop to address that need that we discovered in the market. Yeah, I think it, it makes complete sense, particularly the coatings. Um, you know, there must be a hell of a lot of waste in the way it's jetted onto materials. Um, and I think what you're saying is using the inkjet technology, you can be a bit more precise. Yeah, precisely. That, that when, you print, uh, when you print something at home, uh, your bedroom stays clean, uh, whereas if you were to respray your car <laughs> in your bedroom, uh, it um, uh, you'd have uh, somebody um, somebody after you. So um, so inkjet is is clean. It's been a clean technology since it started. Spraying much less so. It creates uh, a lot of a lot of mess. Hmm. So as a business, just explain to me how you. Is it your own technology? Are you using other people's technology to to create products? So we, uh, when we when we discovered that people wanted to jet glue and jet to replace spray painting, mm -hmm. we got into a room. Uh, we were a small company at the time. We were all in one room, so it's a bit like in terms of the spirit, a bit like New York in the 1900s. That we were all <laughs> crammed together in this room. Uh, how do we make this work? And uh, we were we were. Um, we were lucky. We had a rocket scientist working with us at the time, and we created a um, the first power drop product was a syringe uh, where we we put some uh, put some sticky uh, glue like material in the nozzle of the syringe, filled it with rocket propellant, 
uh, sparked it, and the drop shot across the room. And that was the Brilliant. first. Uh, I love it. The first power drop. Drop. That's really clever, isn't it? I was just thinking that because obviously, when you've got a sticky substance and you're trying to squeeze it through a syringe, it's going to go slowly and stickily. So that's a problem, isn't it? Uh, it can be, and we've got different ways of addressing it. Um, but, uh, but but one of the things that we we do with PowerDrop is we scale it up and we and it and we slow it down. Mm. So uh, typical dimensions are about half a millimeter. Uh, that's a lot bigger uh, than a than a nozzle in a in a inkjet head. And typical times uh, again for the for the uh, technical listeners are about a millisecond. So yeah. so things are happening on the scale of a millisecond. Uh, things are spaced at the order of a, of a millimeter. So you've got inkjet speeds. You've got coating at a meter a second, um, but it's but each individual part of that is much slower. It's yeah. it's happening on a millisecond. And then the other thing that we're doing, which is good, is that because we we put all these nozzles in a drum, we're able to load one nozzle while we're jetting with another, and that helps us uh, speed it up. Digital or inkjet, particularly, is always seen has always purported to be a bit more kind of eco-focused because of uh, flexibility, because of immediacy, short runs, all those kind of things compared to more traditional print technologies. Um, so, so tell me how you think that looks to the market. If we're talking to people about sustainable print technology, well, ink, inkjet is always good. You're only you're only making what a customer actually wants. You've got very little stock. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason that inkjet revolutionised ceramic uh, was it it largely eliminated the waste in all the stock. You could make ceramics uh, on order, mm -hmm. uh, and the same going for for posters. Those are the top two applications still for industrial inkjet. What well, what we're doing is is slightly different. We're 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 making the most of the fact that the that every drop we jet lands and stays there and that's that's normal for inkjet uh, but very 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 different for for spray painting where half of the half of it's going in the uh, up into the into the atmosphere so sure. so what we're doing with power drop and archipelago is 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 large scale inkjet we've we've scaled it up uh, and we and by scaling it up uh, we're doing it with more viscous fluids, uh, but we're keeping the benefits of inkjet, which is just putting the drops where they need to go. So, take me through potential applications for this. Certainly. So, so it's all about to be the 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 focus to begin with is all about replacing spray. Mm. So, where where is spray used, and where is where is material uh, wasted, and mm. the um, Two big areas are industrial coating, sure. uh, when you, whether you're spraying a kitchen Vehicle, cabinet, car, yeah. or a car, mm -hmm. you're wasting half of the paint. And and I'll come back to this when I talk about plastic packaging. Mm -hmm. But um, but with, with this waste, there are really only two things you can do with the waste once you've caught it in the filters. One is to bury it, and one is to burn it. And that's a that's a theme with plastic waste that I'm going to come back to when I talk about plastic packaging. Uh, the other area, where, which sounds very different, um, is uh, is agriculture, uh, but it's exactly the same issue that people are spraying chemicals onto their crops, 
and uh, and they're wasting m- many of the pen- chemicals. And then by bringing in some intelligence, by only spraying the weed killer on the weed and the fertilizer on the crop, we're able to cut down the amount of weed killer you use by a huge factor, a factor of 20. Um, so you only shoot the weed killer on the weed. And certainly what's interesting with agriculture, which is uh, a year or two out for us, but it's a very large opportunity, very large need, is, is again, you're, you're really making a field-size inkjet, uh, inkjet printer. You're printing chemicals onto these crops, uh, and interestingly, at the same kind of rate uh, as you would uh, when you paint a car. It's uh, almost exactly the same uh, level of, of spray, 20 grams per, per square meter. Mm. The, the, the application that sits in the middle of these, and which is what, where Archipelago's focus is today, is, is coating paper packaging. Uh, so if you're if you're happy for me to to go into that, I'll I'll really just paint the picture about just the scale of packaging uh, and the scale of uh, scale of waste in packaging. Mm. That's interesting, actually. So tell us a bit about that and and how you think that can work, because obviously we we you know well you say good. So packaging. I mean, we all go shopping every day. Uh, if you look in your fridge, uh, you, you'll be astonished at how many things are in it. You've probably got about a hundred things in your just in in an ordinary fridge. A hundred things in the fridge, yep. hundred things in the freezer. Packaging is a huge business. Uh, something like a thousand billion dollars uh, worldwide, uh, and it splits up between paper, plastic, glass, and metal. But the two big ones, paper mm-hmm. and plastic, each of which sure. are three hundred billion dollar. Uh, businesses mm. and um, and there is the thing that's that makes plastic uh, a wonder material uh, is that it's uh, very robust yeah. uh, and you can't really destroy it and that's uh, that, that's its great strength but also from our point of view as people on the earth it's great weakness because mm. because once you've made it uh, fundamentally there are only two things you can do with it to get rid of it you can either burn it or you can bury it and, uh, and the third thing, which is uh, probably even worse than those two, uh, is put it in the river and let it float out to the sea. And, mm. and sadly, uh, we've been seeing an awful of lot of that. And, mm. and fundamentally, uh, you, can't, you cannot recycle plastic. You, you read about it. You can buy the odd PT recycled bottle. But PT is only 10% of, of the plastic that we make. Um, people try to recycle it. But unlike paper, uh, where 80, 90% of paper today is recycled, something like 6 or 7% of plastic uh, is used again. And, and so it's a big problem. And, and just thinking of the scale of the problem, it, it's, it's $300 billion of plastic and something like 300 million tons of plastic being used and having to be disposed of every year. And mm. so in terms of the problem that we're solving and we're part of the solution is enabling paper to replace that plastic. And 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 the listeners will have heard about EU directives uh, banning single-use plastics. And just this week, uh, the UK announced that it too is going to be banning single-use plastics. So plastic knives and forks, plastic plates, uh, mm. they're going to be banned. And, mm. uh, and so... Uh, so I think this is a great initiative by yeah. uh, by Europe, by the UK, 
that uh, that that the government is driving us all to move from plastic to paper, and that's sure. that's got to be good. Sure. And and exactly as you said, I mean, we've probably discussed this before, but certainly I know that this comes up a lot. That for those kind of changes in behaviour, you sometimes need to have government step in and say this is a rule that we're going to shift things this direction and then people will just adapt won't they so so i I completely get that um so your business and what you're doing particularly in this area explain a little bit more about that yeah well the 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 great thing about paper uh it uh, it does grow grow uh, grow (laughs) does it grow trees (laughs) on um, on other things as well um you can make paper with sugar cane yeah you can make paper from uh, corn uh, corn cobs um Mm -hmm. and um Almost every month, we learn new ways in which people are using agricultural waste to make uh, to make something useful paper. But but it 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 grows. It's natural. Mm-hmm. It soaks up carbon. Um, it's a great material. Um, it's inexhaustible. But uh, one problem with it is that uh, if you just um, uh, as uh, as you know, if you just wrap your fish and chips up with it, the, after a while, the grease. It goes through the paper, uh, and similarly, if you try and pour a pint of milk into it, uh, it'll uh, it'll leak through. So it's it's got all the qualities you need in terms of uh, recyclability and sustainability, uh, but it doesn't have the functionality. So it needs to be coated, uh, but it needs to be coated in such a way uh, that you can recycle it. There is no yeah. point laminating plastic on top of it. Yeah, to give defeats the, the object, doesn't it? And defeats then, the object. Um, Preventing it from being recycled, so sure. it needs to be to be coated, and that's that's where we come in because mm-hmm. these coatings are being developed. So coatings are are being developed to make plastic waterproof, or to make plastic oxygen proof, uh, or to make plastic uh, moisture vapor proof. Uh, but how do you get those coatings on? Because now these uh, these paper packages they're not flat. They may be cups, they may be trays, uh, they may be bowls. Uh, and they 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 arrive at the packaging company um, formed. They need to be they need to be coated as a three D object. Mm. And these these materials that we're making waterproofing them with, they're like glue. In fact, they they effectively are glue. So so they're they're difficult materials. So you're back at you're trying to coat a three D object with a sticky gluey material mm. and. You stick that through a spray gun, Not and work, two things it? happen: it, it coats your machine with glue, mm-hmm. and um, and it bungs up the nozzle. But mm-hmm. we we can jet these, and we've jetted many many of these materials with our power drop head. Uh, we can jet them reliably for long long periods of time, and we can coat uh, coat these three D paper packages. And so we're all about uh, coating three D paper packages. With sticky functional materials, efficiently, so yeah. you get those properties. That, that's that's, what that's extremely interesting in terms of the possibilities there. Can can I just quickly go take you back to? We've talked about this this liquid or this coating. What is this coating made of? What is it? What is what are they? they make, some are, they're made from different materials. Some yeah. are made from uh, uh, nanocellulose. Right. Uh, some are made from microfibrillated cellulose. Some are made from natural products. I was going to say, are they natural uh, products? Some, some are. Um, some still are petrochemical. You may say, well, so what, what's mm-hmm. the use of that? But the point is, even when you're making the coating 
from from a, a petrochemical, you're, you're you've you've reduced the problem by a factor of about ten. The amount mm. of the amount of coating you're using is about a tenth of what you'd be using if if it was solid plastic. Yeah. So you you still got the problem, but it's a tenth the size. Mm. Mm. Okay. So that's interesting. So so it comes back to your incredible technology and the clever cleverness of, of your jetting system enables uh anyone out there who's interested in a manufacturing process where you want to coat uh paper to create something waterproof for packaging purposes or other purposes i guess there might be other purposes as well as packaging but that's the that's the secret of this that's the core that's the core capability that's what we're yeah. offering our customers yeah really interesting and and what what are they saying at the moment what, what, what are they using it for what are they thinking about uh well they they again open open your open your fridge um mm. and open your um open your bathroom cabinet and it's um it's everything in there so mm. um ham trays hummus pots face mm-hmm. cream pots mm-hmm. uh, toothpaste um Liquid soap, fish finger boxes, everything. <laughs> yeah. So really incredible diversity of application. And yeah. and in terms of a company coming to you and saying, we like the sound of this. This is interesting for us. We want to build a machine and put it inside our production line. How does that work? Take me through what, what would be the process of doing that. Would you build from scratch? Have you got a model that you use? What, what do you... How does it work? Well, what what happens is, uh, and this happens happens daily at the moment. If they they phone me up, uh, they 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 will have heard about it quite often through uh, Future Print. Uh, they'll have heard they will uh, phone me up. They say, "Guy, um, we think you can help us. We've got a problem. Uh, we want to coat this container uh, with this liquid." Mm-hmm. And so the way we kick off is just is we say. Well, send us your containers, send us your liquid, and we do trials. So to begin with, we do those trials at our cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, uh, so we take, we understand what they want. They tell us what they'd like to do. Uh, and then we we do trials and we, we, we gauge very quickly whether what they're trying to do, because we, we have a, a matrix mm-hmm. of what works. Mm-hmm. We, we know that if you want to use... Uh, want to coat things with certain liquids in certain ways mm-hmm. you need certain rheologies you need surface certain surface tensions you need certain thicknesses so we we we, we soon work out whether what they're trying to do fits within the power drop capability or is way outside it or is slightly outside it uh, and then if it's um if it's within our capabilities or at the edge of our capabilities we we take things forward uh, and then if if what they want to do what they think they want to do is not. We can't help them. We then we then work out whether we can modify what they want to do, so we can mm-hmm. help them, um, or whether uh, or, or or whether we need, need to come at it another way. But yeah, but that, sure. that initial conversation uh, we carry out at our cost, uh, and then uh, then we move forward quite quickly uh, to um, once once we've demonstrated uh, capability um, to to defining uh, to defining. A machine and building a machine. I should say that, but for certain customers, if they want to do certain things, we do ask them to help pay some of the costs. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Normally, we get normally we get started on on our 
uh, on our costs. And then if it looks like we need some help, we we do ask. Yeah, that sounds excellent. Um, so I, I guess there are, I was going to mention a couple of moments I know in the year where you're going to be presenting what you do. I'll talk about those in a moment. Um, I just wanted to clarify in my own mind that, I mean, the, the potential for here is is quite huge. Um, is it a global interest that you might get? You, you know, I mean, as a matter, UK global. not is particularly manufacturing. I know we've got quite a big packaging industry, but but yeah, I mean, know, our, our customers, the customers at the moment are in uh, UK, uh, Sweden, yep, uh, Netherlands, yep, Spain, um, Brazil. And uh, North America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, uh, I'd imagine the uh, North American market's good. I imagine, as yeah. you said, Scandinavia as well. So uh, that completely makes sense. Um, so, Guy, yes, just going through that, um, you mentioned North America. I'll just mention quickly, because I think it's quite interesting if anyone out there in the US is listening. You will be speaking at the IMR, it's called the IME East event in New York. Um, we're doing, uh, Future Print is doing a little uh digital print for manufacturing showcase and guy is going to be one of the speakers at that event that'll be in new york on the 13th of june um i think it's pretty straightforward registering for that if you wanted to come and see guy talk uh, amongst i think we've got about seven people now speaking fairly a uh, diverse group of um, european and u.s uh inkjet specialists who are talking about how inkjet can be used in in various manufacturing applications so that's an interesting one um look forward to that and then also i know you're going to be in imprint as well aren't you uh, and we're going to be showcasing you at the future print conference that we're running on the wednesday the 15th yes yeah so i'm looking forward to both of those events uh, the the last future print event was uh Excellent in every way. Yeah, yeah, that's our Cambridge event, which is um, which we'll be doing again in November. So, yeah, so your your cycle this year will be you'll be at Imprint in March, you'll be at EcoPrint in Geneva in June, and then the week after in New York, and then at uh, the Future Print Tech event in Cambridge at the Muller Centre again in November uh, 2023. So you've got a nice series of uh, places that you're speaking at. Um, just anything else really to add at this point? It's just yes, very interesting what you're saying. So I'd just like to just talk a little bit about the scale, really. That the yeah. um the, the the plastic the plastic packaging business is 300 billion dollars. Yeah. And, and Smithers is anticipating something like 20% of that moving over to paper. Mm. So that's 60 billion dollars of new business. And this is one reason why paper packaging companies so excited about this uh, mm. that it's uh, it's new business uh, it's important business it's it's eco but it's sustainable in in a number of different ways and and it depends on the size of the package but 60 billion dollars translates to something like 1200 billion containers mm. it's a lot of containers mm. uh, and um we're anticipating a, a power drop coater Coating something like depends on the size of the coater, something like 200 million containers a year, and so that means that the opportunity uh, uh, for us and for those who are working with us is uh, is 6,000 machines in total, something like 1,000 machines a year. So, so just in terms of the opportunity, and this is just for 20% of the plastic market, 
It's the same size as a ceramic uh, coating market that has been sustaining the whole world of industrial inkjet uh, for the last 10 years. So this is, this is a big opportunity for those who can do it. Um, yeah. We're not sure who else, you know, we'd like some competition. Yeah. Um, we're I'm not sure who that. else can compete with us, but yeah. we'd, if, you, if you're out there, um, you know, we'd like some help yeah. um, competing it, in this market. I, I think what you're saying there, and that's really valid, is, is within the inkjet market, there are certain sectors that people are chasing. Like, you know, as you just said, ceramics is one that people chase. Corrugated is another that people are going after. Um, this is a phenomenal opportunity, isn't it? As you said yourself, there is absolutely this going to be a trend towards shifting away from plastic, towards paper, as you said. And this is one of the solutions, isn't it? This yeah. is one of the ways of doing it. So. The opportunity is huge. So if anyone out there listening is interested either in finding out more, um, having a chat with Guy about what they're doing, exploring the possibility of building something with Archipelago, uh, or as you said, you know, even if, if you're competing and it's just interesting to have shared content, uh, shared ideas, um, yeah, happy for them to get in contact. Guy, yeah, it's, please it's, do. It's been a wonderful chat. We've had just, would you believe we've spent nearly 30 minutes talking? So, um as I said, you'll be at a couple of events this year. Look forward to seeing you there. Looking forward to being there. Thank you very much for uh, coming on to our podcast. And as you said, I, you know, it's not often, is it, you kind of sit and talk about something that potentially, potentially is, is so huge and really could change yeah. change the way yeah, things are happening. We're very excited and our customers are, uh, are very excited too. Fantastic. Thank you for that. And uh, we'll catch up soon, I'm sure. Thank you, Guy. Great. Thank you, Fraser. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe now for more great audio content coming up. And visit futureprints.tech for the latest news, partner interviews, in-depth industry research, and to catch up on content from Futureprint events. We'll see you next time on the Futureprint podcast.